यू हैव जलता दिया ही दिए वो जला सकता है
first off, after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Folks, uh, nose to the grindstone, and I'm afraid it's going to have to be a relatively quick stream. I'm running way, way late, and we have uh, lots planned, both uh, myself and uh, Charles. Now, why? It appears that Restream is not picking up Discord. God, just connection expired. Why? Please reconnect Discord, okay? Let me, let me gonna make me want to get my phone <laughs> yeah, fuck that noise i'll, I'll do it later <laughs> so no no uh live stream i can see live stream chat if you're uh in discord on the screen it's just not going to come up on the screen so what are we going to be doing today uh take a look at russia bringing receipts uh with respect to well what we all knew which was that they had signed peace agreements and uh, they were thrown onto the trash heap with the help of one Boris Johnson and so uh, I think it important to try to I don't know keep a record of these things and so we'll take a quick look at Russia I've got some saggy snatches to bring to the uh, <laughs> to bring to the party and uh, let's see share eight hour stream no it's not I've got to I've got to um, get to uh, bed 
somewhat a lot of travel to do tomorrow and uh right so i think uh we better link it via the other app i, c I can't i need uh, i need my um i need my phone which oh no i've got my phone wait there maybe i can do it wait wait just one second i've got I've luckily got my phone on my desk now what did i want uh authenticator uh all right um let's do this Uh, invalid two-factor. Well, why? <laughs> Fucking tech! I hate it! Meow. Alright. Uh, I'll do this later. Got it. Got it. Um, and... Let's just see... Refresh, maybe? Refresh, is it gonna work? Oh god, let's just delays and like having teeth extracted. Now there's nothing. Now it's still two out of three. Um fam, fuck it, I'm I'm moving on. <laughs> it's not reached. I don't care. I don't care. Phoenix. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with the tech. Let's move on. Alright, so uh let's uh shout out oh, of course uh my layout is up. I messed up. It was altered yesterday for yesterday's stream. And uh, please, everyone, keep linking that stream uh, far and wide. And uh, step into the light, demons, uh, because we are coming for you. There is uh, no... Uh, well, it's not going back at this point, I think. So if you've wandered in here, wondered who I am. Uh, my name is Dr. Kevin McCann. I have turned into uh, somewhat of a renegade in my uh, later years as I... Oh, I'm not on the screen either. <sighs> Fix that. Um, but yeah, just below the screen, you can see I've got all metrics and stuff. And uh, I am a real scientist. And right now I'm appalled at how science is being abused to uh, well, usher in this... Uh, new wave new wave fascism i don't know what whatever 21st century bolshevism i keep uh, running out of things to call it but uh yes if you want to find out who i am and uh keep up to date or oh, keep up to date it's just not keeping up to date anymore i've uh, left that world behind but uh you can go find all my legit publications there what i would like to do is remind everyone about the uh the housekeeping and there's a new new feature that we can point to today that's right folks it's easier for you to support the doc now than ever we can now if i do this go open link in new tab and the payment form oh <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> oh yes there it is uh at the top um stripe is now accepting payments from paypal uh, you can't see it because of uh, me but there you go at the top um go to mccann dojo wtyl or fauci.monster hit that hit that link folks send donos the docs way and uh keep him in the game and uh that looks like eight and power um i'm i don't know <sighs> those are uncomfortable words for me uh mr phoenix you know it's 
you know it all right so um of course uh yes i've done the payment of course other ways you can pay hey you don't have to use stream fags gaypal link anymore you can use wtyl.live forward slash temperature no that's not actually fauci.monster is the link to go to buy me coffee subscribe star all manner of digital tulips accepted you can join the discord from that home page and of course register to be notified and i still haven't fixed the streaming shamefully but uh, i've got guests visiting from abroad and um i'm uh, that's my excuse at the moment so uh, commander rixie is uh resting at the moment we'll be traveling tomorrow we'll be going to uh Ground Zero. Uh, we're going to take a visit to Hiroshima, and um, I don't know if I'll be able to stream from there. It's, it's streaming on the move is is painful. <laughs> now maybe maybe I could try doing it with a phone or something, but um, I don't know, man. Just I'm I'm so I'm so short tempered at the moment with tech. It's the heat. The summer heat is coming, and of course, remind everyone that you can uh, watch. Oh, I should enable the uh, the chat there live. Let me just do that real quick. Simon happy, but uh, yes, we have our own streaming video on demand platform, and uh, yes, the chat should be enabled in that now. And uh, let's get into the stories today. So um, I've got a whole bunch of Russian updates, but I don't want I don't want to be just always on. I had a bunch of stories sort of relaying how the, the I don't know what you'd call it. I don't think it's a counteroffensive, but. Um, their attempt at a counteroffensive and how it's been reported, and uh, I just figured oh, I've got to trim down for this, so I can't really do it. And so, like I said, I I called this Russia bringing the receipts. So I'm going to miss that one, that one. I'll maybe do it later. I wanted to bring attention to this report. So I've got two. Um, Putin raises the ante somewhat. Now this is crux. So it's got some annoying. Uh, jump cuts in it i'll try to uh, skip past those but um russia uh is using less than diplomatic language at the moment let's let's have a listen to this as tensions continue to ratchet Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. 
происходит вот, с этим так называемым контрнаступлением. Ну, не совсем так. Где-то украинским подразделениям удается дойти до первой линии, где-то не удается. Вопрос не в этом. Had some back and forth and managed to hold some minor villages. Um, the last I saw, they were getting flattened by firmer barrack weapons. And um, Kuakino says, Telegram chat has a fawn in its side, does it? Uh, yeah, I just got rid of that, William, dude. Uh, very, how should we say, unstable mentally. And um, I didn't see any... Uh, useful information that could help us at the moment so he just got nuked on telegram so hopefully that'll calm down the telegram group i apologize for that i should have done it earlier all right so yes uh their thermo barrack <laughs> bombed those villages and uh more more death carnage and destruction but um russia i imagine feeling pretty secure at the moment with the way that they're dug in так называемые стратегические резервы, которые состоят из нескольких составляющих. Первая из них предназначена для прорыва обороны, вторая для того, чтобы использовать войска для закрепления территории, движения по территории. Ни на одном из участков они не достигли своих целей. Действительно, потери у них очень большие, ну, примерно больше даже, чем один к десяти по сравнению с российской армией. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to... Don't believe any side's uh, figures in the war, uh, on their reporting of wars. And the... Uh, but I haven't seen anything approximating the type of destruction that we're seeing dished out uh, by the Russians onto... Well, you know, these are... Uh, wonder weapons uh vengeance weapons that were given uh to the ukrainians um their leopards have gone up in smoke and uh vlad will make mention to that um oh, he is right now lost 186 tanks Yes, NATO could be drawn into the war. We know this. Um, I want to get to the part where, let's see, NATO, of course, is being drawn into the war. Well, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, военной техники, тяжелой техники. Сейчас рассматривается вариант поставки на самолетов. Собственно говоря, вот мы сегодня, я уже говорил о том, что там на одном участке предпринимаются попытки атак силами двух рот при поддержке пяти танков на другом участке тоже полторы роты примерно при поддержке двух танков танки горят несколько танков уничтожено и это в том числе леопарды и вчера было то же самое и вчера были леопарды они горят также будут гореть и f-16 сомнения technology or, or, or i guess more offensive capabilities i i'm not sure that's how it works in war folks uh don't you want it all massed at the beginning so uh you overwhelm your enemies and uh 
<laughs> I don't see I don't see that happening. And like I say, I think uh Russian missile tech is um would make those skies very, very dangerous. and well, it it gets worse as he goes on here. <laughs> Украины, а использоваться в боевых действиях, мы должны будем посмотреть от, на то, как нам поражать и где нам поражать те средства, которые используются в боевых действиях против нас. Это серьезный, серьезная опасность дальнейшего втягивания в НАТО в этот вооруженный конфликт. Использование ядерного оружия, безусловно, теоретически возможно. Для России это возможно в том случае, если создается угроза нашей территориальной целостности, независимости и суверенитету существованию российского государства. У нас, во-первых, нет такой необходимости, а во-вторых, сам факт рассуждения на эту тему уже понижает возможность снижения порога применения оружия. Uh, what, uh, the, <laughs> the dick waving uh, uh, in this speech is um, <laughs> frightening, but uh, top uh, top trolling credits for Pappy uh, Pete in here. <laughs> we got more than you. Let him fly, let him burn, let him have it, Pappy Putin. <laughs> заключается в том, что у нас такого оружия больше, чем у стран НАТО. Они знают об этом и все время нас склоняют к тому, чтобы мы начали переговоры по сокращению. Хреном, понимаете, как у нас о народе говорят. I, I don't know if that was the literal translation or not. Screw them. I've heard uh, fuck them. Um, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't get clearer than that. Um, let's see. Wait, what's going on in the chat? Um, Jay has thrown Matt under the bus. Oh, uh, look, man. Does it surprise anyone if that has happened? I mean, the... Um, there, you know, once you start seeing certain traits emerge again and again, they you know become predictable, uh, predictable markets of behavior. I feel sorry for Matt if that has happened, um, but it is what it is. Uh, I think I got to where I wanted to with this particular um clip, which was uh, Putin telling NATO. <laughs> Screw you. Screw you and your F-16s. We're having it. And they literally, this is the most disturbing thing that I've seen, which the African delegation was heading to Ukraine and Russia to try to promote peace talks. And of course, there was the um, show of missiles being launched over Kiev whilst um, the delegation was there I don't know you know some say it was Ukraine some say it was Russia again I don't know I'm sitting here just like the rest of you right now I've just become a reaction channel with a bit of neuroscience tacked on the end but uh, this this clip from the meeting with the Africans is very very telling okay that they well I'll let the clip speak for itself Россия никогда не отказывалась от переговоров. Вот 
Хочу обратить ваше внимание на то, что при содействии того же президента Эрдогана, как вы знаете, в Турции проходили, прошла целая серия переговоров между Россией и, и Украиной по выработке и мер доверия, о которых вы сказали, и по подготовке самого текста договора. Этот договор, мы не договаривались с украинской стороной, что он будет носить конфиденциальный характер. Но мы никогда его не предъявляли, не, не, не комментировали. Этот проект этого договора был парафирован руководителем переговорной группы из Киева. Он поставил там свою подпись. Вот он. Он есть. Он так и называется. Договор о постоянном нейтралитете и гарантиях безопасности Украины. Именно о гарантиях, о которых вы сказали, уважаемый друг президент Южноафриканской Республики. 18 статей. Более того, к нему есть еще и приложение. Они, знаете, сейчас даже не буду об этом говорить, они касаются и вооруженных сил, касаются других вещей. Все прописано до единиц боевой техники и до личного состава вооруженных сил. Вот этот документ. Он, он парафирован э, киевской делегацией. Подпись стоит. Но после того, как мы, как и обещали, отвели войска от Киева, киевские власти, как обычно, делают их хозяева, выбросили это все на свалку истории. Скажем так, аккуратно и постараюсь интеллигентно Uh, you know, if, uh, we're going to buy into the fact that, um, that that they just made up that treaty. I'm I'm not sure they did. I I think it was pretty much well understood that the reason that the Russians withdrew their troops from around Kiev was that, that they signed those documents, and the West went in and escalated everything. So we find ourselves in such perilous circumstances as the moment uh, uh, as the moment. And um, what I've again noticed is. Compared to the rabble of scumbags that are leading us down the garden path to conflict, war, famine, whatever, whatever other misery that they can pour onto us, despite all their protestations that uh, he's got, he's got cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and uh, diabetes, Putin looks in fine feckle. It's very. I'm trained to look for you know, subtle alterations in behavior that would be indicative of you know, chronic neurological diseases, anything. He's not showing anything like that. He's verbally very eloquent. And he, he just seems to keep popping up in conference after conference. And wh what do we have? Biden? Rishi Sunak, anyone else? St what's it, Stoltenberg? <laughs> That's what we've we've been left with. So they wave their rainbow flags, telling you to bring your kids to their indoctrination camp so they can learn about sodomy, huh? 
let's see. Uh, let's see. JJ calling you a brother from another mother. Seems like it's death. <laughs> Look, man. Um, we're gonna we're gonna touch a little bit on Jay today because we've got some saggy snatch um, uh, updates <laughs> that I want to get to. But uh, let's see. Uh, I can see a forefront war approaching European front, a Pacific conflict, Israel lighting up the Middle East, and internal conflicts within Western countries. Yeah, um, that's that's how they bring order out of chaos. Right. And, you know, I'm always reminded of the I don't know whether it's real or not, but the Albert Pike letter, right, that we shall unleash the nihilists such that people will clamor for uh, anyone, figures of authority to come in and uh, reestablish order. Um, Whose order is it going to be? I end on globo homo side for the moment. Now, if they're all colluding together, and when Vlad gets off the screen here, he's uh, in the in the sauna, um, sitting next to Biden and other nerdy wells, um, then maybe I'll reappraise the the situation. But you know what I what I do see is very bloody carnage on uh, European soil again. Um, hundreds of thousands of dead, hundreds of thousands of families smashed. And there's one side talking sense at the moment and another one that's talking gibberish. So um, let's uh, move on quickly from Russia. And, uh, of course, I want to touch on... Oh, God, yeah, I just had so much Russia stuff. And I'm... I'm yeah russia 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 now okay one last one from russia so the kiev independent so ukrainian forces may be temporarily pausing counteroffensive operations to re-evaluate tactics well you know <laughs> when you're uh when your vengeance weapons are being picked off by well wait i'll play this clip but uh <laughs> by larders with uh anti-tank rockets This is so Russian. <laughs> They're hand painted camo. Uh, bye leopard tank. Um, <laughs> look, man, I don't know if my American cousins know about uh, Lada motor cars, but they were literally the joke of the motor car industry um i used to have a friend whose father was uh, a big big believer in larder cars for well if you sell them with uh you know anti-tank missiles on the top i might reconsider a purchase but uh it's how <laughs> the ignominy of your brand new leopard tank being taken out by a larder oh dear oh dear <laughs> All right. So, of course, what else did I have? There's uh, all the latest with respect to... Oh, what was this? 
Oh no, I'll skip that one. That one was bad. So yes, of course, um, I'll touch a little bit on Joe Rogan and Hotez because Hotez, in, in immediate, I don't have to tell anyone what what was happening in Twitter world with respect to the back and forth. There's money being uh, thrown around as uh, there people are challenging um, Hotez to uh, step up to the plate and have a debate with RFK Jr. about the efficacy of the U.S. vaccine schedule. And um, I just wanted... Was it this one? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, don't tell me I deleted the wrong one. No, it's this one I wanted. And um, typical of Hotez, um, he puts, I'm quite concerned about the Elon Tucker link, then fold in Rogan and RFK Jr., and it becomes a pretty formidable coalition with neo-fascist leanings. In some ways darker or perhaps more dangerous than Trump, in my opinion. Awful. I just hope Team Biden is preparing. Now, the way that these... <laughs> That's great, Wyler. Is that real? <laughs> I don't think that's real. Surely not. Yes, cry havoc, unleash the dogs of war. But the the way that uh, Hotez um, always, always um, leans into the anti-Semitism, the woke ideology, he is the epitome of everything that has gone wrong with the sciences. It's why it's in such bad shape. And true to form as well, I want to say, don't tell me I deleted this one, um, no, it's here. Uh, of course, Pete our adjacent David Gorski is uh, <laughs> telling telling Peter Hotes, oh, don't do it, Peter. Debating a disinformation specialist like have Robert Kennedy Jr. in a venue where the moderator is clearly biased against you as a fool's errand. He'll be able to fire hose oh, and gish galop to his heart's content. No matter what happens, we'll declare victory. And, um, yeah, well, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be able to stand up and, and debate your points. And if you can't do that, then you're not the specialist that you claim you are. I'll step into any arena to talk about amyloidogenic risk and the sequelae that could come from it, from either viral exposure or vaccine exposure. I don't care where it is, who it is. <laughs> I'll step up and get in there and do my job. And these people who I will just, uh, it's not escaped uh, the docs notice that uh, the K26R is strong. Always, always comes through um, that they're trying desperately to engage in damage control at the moment. And that's something that we saw yesterday as well. I did notice it in the chat, um, everyone. Myself and Charles trying to be uh, <laughs> academic in this. There was, uh, say, lots of uh, lots of references to uh, particular uh, genotypes. Uh, let's see. My mates, folks, had a larder. You know, larders have rear heated windows to keep your hands warm <laughs> while you push it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. They were. They were. They were basic bitch cars, man. But you know what? Um, it took us to swimming. Uh, I'll give it that. And um, 
It's four wheels that gets you around, right? So um, I'm rapidly moving through my tabs. I don't want to spend too long on this. We know all about pedo-adjacent Gorski and his links to Epstein. Um, these are all Epsteinized networks, of course, and um, we must route them. We must be comprehensive in our victory over these people. Otherwise, it'll just be a few more years before we're uh, facing the same turmoil again. Um, <laughs> you were taken to swimming in it too. Eh, well, life uh, life rhymes. Um, so, yes, this I wanted to bring this up. I was getting ready and um, this was a, another uh, powerful four minutes. This uh from David Weissman, uh, RP Farms, Smoking Syringe. And uh, in the same meeting where Kevin McKernan was, he lays the smack down as well. I think this is uh, three, four minutes well worth listening to and um, watching. It, it, it's a very, very well-honed skill set to rapidly go through slides in the manner that he did, not trip up, etc. And he's raised all the points that we've touched on in this stream. And so it's nice to see evidence that or the scientific data that we're working with um percolating up and having an impact and um yeah i don't know uh, what these meetings what what the end end point is but um it seems somewhat official so let us um have a listen to david is dr david wiseman um thank Th th thank you. Please see our written remarks. Uh, I have no conflicts. Next. FDA's brief echoes recent international statements acknowledging natural immunity, rapid waning and imprinting. Next. The death rate is low despite 17% VAX uptake. Do people agree with Dr. Offit that chasing variants is a losing game? Next. Uh, oh, get rid of that. But, um, yes, it's... Uh... Low case death rate despite low vax coverage. Um, that's a that's a powerful slide there. Um, I would like to know. I need to go back and see where he's pulled that from, or maybe he's just made it himself. But um, yes, very very interesting. And as vaxes have tailed off, um, yeah. The deaths seem to have well as well. So 17% of people in this uh, figure uh, updated booster dose. Suckers. Next. Mistrust blights other vaccines. Why? Next. Perhaps they don't work as represented. They are gene therapies. Safety signals are ignored. Next. Rather than a safe and effective standard, under EUA, they may be effective. Next. CDC shows waning to zero at three months, then negative VE, suggesting immunocompromise. Next. And consistently by age below FDA's 50% target, going negative. Next. Three months after introduction, XBB alarmingly evaded bivalence in studies omitted from FDA's January brief. Next. <laughs> Man, the, the fact that they would be so flippant about the data that they do pull in and uh, ignore is oh, it's, it's so disturbing, man. These are these are people that have uh, control over your lives and they want ever more, folks. They want ever more. 
sorry. Along with Cleveland Clinic, noting that they were not alone in finding a possible association with more vax doses and higher risk of COVID. They pre-printed this week that COVID risk is lower in out-of-date and up-to-date adults. Next, does FDA's brief suggest vaccination drives variants? Next, excluding these gene therapies from guidance does not change biology or safety concerns. Next, where is FDA's gene therapy group? Why did makers think their vaccines were gene therapies? Next, we respectfully disagree with Dr. Marks. Next, the National Cancer Institute shows reverse transcription is possible. Next. Oh, which, uh, this one, I'm reverse transcribed. SARS-CoV-2 RNA can integrate into the genome of cultured human cells and can be expressed in patient-derived tissues. Oh, is that, uh, that's not the Swedish one, is it? Oh, I am unfamiliar with that one. Um, I'm going to have to go back and read that paper. NIH show message and spike enters and spike. Uh, this one we know, of course, nuclear translocation of spike mRNA and protein is a novel pathogenic feature of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, we cover this paper a lot. And uh, yeah, it's uh, that nuclear localization signal around the Furin cleavage site that is problematic. And in this paper, they show that the spike protein and RNA translocate um, and who's who's done the study to show that that doesn't happen with uh vaccinated um tissues no one right into the nucleus next episomal transmission does not need integration next regulators accede to bioentech next waiving cancer genotox and mutagenicity studies or on gossamer grounds next fda scientists say dna can be oncogenic next Kevin McKernan's coming report of possibly replication-competent residual plasmid template DNA with antibiotic resistance and undisclosed SV40 promoter sequences suggests adulteration. Next, with mineral comparability testing, Pfizer switched processes for clinical and commercial use. Next, hardly meeting the same process criteria justifying abbreviated testing for variant vaccines. Next, Pfizer's TRIS change effective translation and likely safety and efficacy. Same process? Next, the bivalent process change, change yielded novel heterotrimers with untested... Wait, 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 wait. This is new to me. Uh, let's see. New spike proteins, unknown in nature, new toxicology, quadrivalent. Hmm. <laughs> Can't sound shocked, folks, but, uh, you know... You go, you go sticking people with uh, gene transfection technologies willy-nilly, then uh, you don't be surprised when you get um, <laughs> that's it, heterotrimers, <laughs> quadrivalent, okay. <laughs> no shit. Toxicology and likely misbranding. Next. There's cancer reports are alarming. Next. CDC finds cancer signals. Next. They said they couldn't find stroke signals outside of VSD. But next, look in CDC's recent FOIA disclosure. Next, our normalized ratios yielded alarming signals. Next, temporal associations between VAX coverage and all-cause mortality persist. Next, Dr. Portnoy's questions last year about, these, about spike production was dismissed as academic, with no FDA insistence for these studies. Next, lipid nanoparticles widely distribute. Next spikes persists for up to four months next yes they do 
Yes, they do. Those amyloidogenic peptides circulating around and around and around. And that's uh, that's where the uh, rubber meets the road, in my mind, and where uh, we see... Uh, I'm not pressed upon. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep uh, keep keep a bit clean at the moment. What Commander Ricks is visiting, uh, but you know, people like Copeland who have run away from uh, this type of data, um, or <laughs> literally, they'll claim that it's a feature uh, that um, it's doing it and it's helping you. Um, that I'm not so sure of. An mRNA for up to 28 days. If you can't say where and for how long these gene therapies induce spike production, don't ask people to vax. Next, is this even a good idea? Dr. Fauci writes, vaccines have never effectively controlled these sorts of viruses and are not expected to do so. Next, Dr. Marx questions incrementally modifying variant-specific vaccines. Next, Pfizer's boast of flying a plane under construction erodes public trust. Next, there's no pandemic anymore. Regulate these products as gene therapies. No free passes to poorly understood platforms. Consider the cumulative toxic toxicity of these products. Chase safety, not variants. Help the vax injured and restore public health. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Dr. Paydar and your team for an excellent job that you do. Thank you. Um, well done, David, for a very um, comprehensive and uh, informative three minutes. I'm going to have to go back because um, I certainly didn't, well, maybe I've forgotten about that first paper uh, for the uh, integration, but um, it is, yes, Rogo, it's ridiculous and uh, it's criminal what they've done. And, you know, but the, I was having a discussion earlier um, with a vet in the UK uh, just about the risks of doing this in the, uh, in the food chain. And, you know, <laughs> where are the studies? Where are the safety studies that have looked at the long-term effects of these platforms? They are nowhere to be seen. The response you get is, well, we've put it into billions of people. Well, there's millions of people that have been potentially injured and many more coming down the line. And so that's going to lead me into the paper that I want to talk about today. Um, should, I, should I do this? Uh, I'll save the... I'll save that we, we talked about lab origins and the um, the patient zero yesterday with uh, Charles. So I think I'm going to skip that. I'll, I'll play this paper before I get into this paper, which is controversial properties of amyloidogenic proteins and peptides, new data in the COVID era. But um, just to... <laughs> I just want to remind everyone that Jonathan Cooey went out of his way to fillet these no virus cretins. Okay. They are toxic. They are nothing but cancer. And saggy snatch, Christine Massey <laughs> has used the giga spiral descent of Cooey and his um, flights of ideas to um, use it as ammunition and we're in a tough enough fight already without having to keep having to deal with 
these people. These people should have been shut down a long time ago. It should have finished when I <laughs> bust up Bailey and uh, shut down his uh, attempt at uh, essentially just gauging in softry and reading off a sheet with respect to the data around the existence of viruses. But no, people still want to indulge them because they have uh, it provides an easy answer to what is a very, very complex Oh, battlefield, I guess, is, uh, wouldn't be too light a way of uh, putting it. But uh, let's have a look at Saggy Snatch, Christine Massey, and how she uh, she uses uh, Jonathan Cooey as a battering ram. So uh, take it away, Saggy Snatch. Oh, uh, sorry. The doc does listen on uh, high speed. Uh, let me just uh, run this back. And this is this is Massey. Um, interviewing or, or grilled a children's health defense um executive i guess i don't know i don't know who this person is um but um the fact that she's in a position where they're having to contend with the massive grift that is the no virus um cohort is is stunning to me it's 2023 <laughs> Someone put a bullet in it. Put it out. It's misery. To the alleged virus, I asked you what science you're related, uh, relying on. You gave me no answers whatsoever. And then you put me in touch with Jay Cooey. The, you and Jay both told me that Jay was um, CHD science consultant. Jay Cooey also was not able to cite a shred of science. And then um, on one of his videos about two months ago, he admitted that you know, for the last 20 years, virology has been based on indirect observations of things that virologists cannot even prove exist. This is your science consultant saying this. So my question, what is CHD's current position on the alleged virus? Does it exist? Yes or no? And if yes, then what science are you relying on? I don't know that I can answer that in a way that you will find satisfying. I think we're open to the idea that there's not a virus, we're open to the idea that there is a virus. We write about both dimensions to that. Uh, Jay Cooey is somebody who has studied virology, and so I think he is and has been delving more deeply in that. I don't, um, we're trying to cover the issue. Uh, I don't think we've stated that there is a virus. We haven't stated that there's not a virus. We're exploring what the reality is, and we clearly agree with you that there are very serious problems with the narrative. Um, I don't think we have definitive answers on a lot of this. Bobby's writing a With, with all due respect, your, your website is full of content about a virus, gain of function. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a whole book coming out about the origin of so-called COVID. And gain of function research. We have to get a fucking handle on this. It's it's a... Um, we're on the precipice. Oh, well, we're, we, we've already leapt off of uh, synthetic and chimeric biology and uh, its weaponization. And uh, we've just had a dose of it. And... Um, I'm glad. I'm happy that for all for all his faults, and I've got many faults. We've all got, we're all fallen, right? Um, the fact that someone is speaking up about these biowarfare programs is, to me, I, I never thought I'd see it happening. There were dark days, <laughs> not so long ago, where I just didn't think that we would ever break through. But you know what? In the last few weeks, it has broken through. And people, people are now talking about these biowarfare programs on a far, far wider scale. And for that, you've got to be say thank you to RFK and Chuck Rogan in this particular instance. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I have um, 
more that I could add. We'll, I'll just play the rest of this out as we listen to this crazy bitch. COVID. You have not been dealing with this in a balanced way. You gave, or you had uh, David Rasnick and Michael Wallach on one time, and I think there's one presentation with Alex Zach or one other, one other something on your website, compared to what hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of articles, uh, interviews, conversations about COVID-19 as if it's a real phenomenon. So no, with all due respect, you have not been, you have been, you have not been helping at all. You've been extremely one-sided, which to me is just blatantly unethical, unlawful. You're misleading your, your people rely on you guys for accurate information. And they think for God's sake, if there was no virus, uh, for all people, People's children's health defense would be warning us. It's, it's it, what it's been like for the last few years. It's been like having another layer of government to have to deal with to dispel the all the nonsense coming out of your organization. Because uh, there's like millions of people listening to you guys. So I, I I'm say, sorry. I just I, so I appreciate that. With all due respect, I, I brought on you know Andy Kaufman and Tom Kaufman. Oh God, Dave, why? Why? God damn it! Why? to debate this with some of the other scientists who are on this call and um it wasn't as fruitful as i would have hoped and um like i say we're, this is still something that we want to hear i'm sorry it's disappointing to you um well the executive there handled it um with his uh with well she'd have handled it she handled it better than i would have done <laughs> a couplistic but um Let's see. Hoist with his own petard. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But. <sighs> Cooey went out of his way. Out of his way. To the point of shitting on other people. They've been supporting and helping him. Right. To, uh, to go and fillet this no virus group. And caused immense harm and damage i don't I, I don't have any more much more to say on on the matter but yeah that that that's what happens folks that's what happens all right so i wanted to well there's a couple of uh papers that i got i'll save that one it's just about now i'll just there's a preprint out um which basically shows that even um mild infection can have a significant impact on cardiac function um i'm not going to say much more beyond that it's not it's something that we kind of knew already um let's see i was with jj on the theory that the virus didn't spread as much as they said and misused the pcr then he went full retard yeah yeah, look, man. There's, we know we've seen. We know that these systems were weaponized, okay. But to start claiming that literal, literal bio warfare agents are just fake and gay, um, you're you're pulling too many people off the cliff, man. Um, <laughs> maybe the Baileys had compromise on Big Chief PowerPoint. <laughs> Oh, touche, bro. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Now, th there's a whole bunch of neuroscience. That I've, I'm, I'm always playing catch-up. There's this I want to get to. Markers of limbic system damage following SARS-CoV-2 infection. Something that I've been screaming about for three, three plus years. <laughs> literally. They're literally finding it out now. They're teasing it out. And so I want to uh, get to that. It's. Um, I'm not sure if it's... Accepted, yes, it's it's accepted in brain, and uh, I have many a communication in brain. 
Um, it's a fine, fine journal. So I do want to get to this paper, but I want to read this one because it's a review. But as I spend so much time talking about the um, amyloids, and I, I will often uh, mention... Um, oh, thank you, Alberto, for that paper. Um, let me just see if I have in this one... Um, Oh yes, I know this. This is uh, this one. No, I don't know this one. Mm. All right, thank you, uh, Alberto. Much, much appreciated. Um, let's do this. So, controversial properties of amyloidogenic proteins and peptides. New data in the COVID era. Found uh, a Russian in that part of the world. Andrei Sugachev and. Alexei Sugachev, I don't know if that's father and son, but, um, well, do we have, it's in the US. All right, so, um, listening to me, if you've spent any time here, you should know that I, I spend a lot of time talking about protein misfolding, the risks that it causes with respect to chronic disease, how uh, there's amyloidogenic risk from viruses and uh, gene transfection technologies. And um, I spend not enough time going into the details around the physiological functions of amyloid. And I think this paper i'll give it a quick scan and as it's current and it's talking about sars and it's it's talking about an area that i often skip over because i tend to over focus on the pathogenic aspects of um the amyloidogenic um proteins that we know are out there so um we'll skip the abstract because it's a relatively long review so amyloidogenic uh, peptides are involved in many human diseases, including Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and other neurodegenerative disorders characterized by the buildup of proteinaceous aggregates, predominantly in the brain, but also the heart and other organ systems too. Several amyloidogenic peptides are involved in the pathogenesis of cardiac, renal, gastrointestinal, and uh, gastrointestinal amyloidosis, systemic amyloidosis, and other disorders. Thus, dozens of amyloidogenic peptides with various structures may be considered as culprits responsible for many human diseases. Amyloidosis is a broad name for diseases characterized by the accumulation of structured oligomers and amyloid fibrils in cells and tissues causing organ dysfunction and sometimes death. Well, uh, usually death is the, uh, <laughs> the end result. So um, let's see. Orlando, uh, good to see you, bro, and uh, hope you're well. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Um, yes, death. And then amyloid oligomers are supposed to be more toxic than fibrils. The number of recognized amyloidogenic peptides as well as insoluble amyloid fibrils originated from soluble precursor proteins has increased over time, which is something that I've spoken about a lot. I, there's, in an in a, in a environment where you're made uh, of protein, <laughs> that's one of your primary constituents, I, w I would imagine that they're, uh, we're only just scratching the surface with respect to how 
proteins can misfold and and initiate disease and of course they're the canonical ones because they stick out like a sore thumb but i'm sure i'm sure we'll find that there are many many others as we uh, peel back the layers molecularly so where was i um it's common knowledge that amyloidogenic peptides are prone to aggregate forming various structures with a fibrillar morphology associated with human diseases Prone to aggregate amyloidogenic peptides may misfold, lose their normal organization and function and form intracellular or extracellular deposits and inclusions with a high content of beta sheet rich fibrilla structures. The accumulation of such inclusions causes a vicious cycle of cellular damage that leads to inflammation, apoptosis, neurodegeneration or cell death due to the fast aging of the population worldwide and the investment of diagnostic methods the number of identified illnesses associated with the buildup of amyloid protein has risen as i've been saying for a long long time now amyloids are usually long unbranched fibrous protein molecules formed through the templated polymerizations of thousands of monomeric peptides the fibers are 5 to 15 nanometers wide and several micrometers long they bind the dye Congo red and display fluorescence bifringence after binding to the fluorescent dye fireflavin, a cationic benzothiol dye used to analyze nucleation-dependent polymerization. Thanks to the application of advanced technologies with higher resolution, it has become clear that on the molecular level, amyloids comprise a wide diversity of structures. And this is something that Spartacus has, has brought up as they look to amyloids as being the... Um, the future of smart materials um, because of their ability to form these repetitive structures and the, oh, I forget, the Israeli researcher who seems to be blazing a path in there. But um, in my mind, <laughs> I just, I'm so, uh, I don't know, maybe it, it's a confirmation bias, but I'm, I'm just so leery of um, amyloid prion protein misfolding that any any seeding of the environment by these peptides um concerns me and you know mass mass gene transfecting people with them is uh, of significant concern oh i just I see a 50 dollar dono from orlando there of course sir uh, he may have uh, we'll fight the world together god damn it <laughs> We will, we will rehabilitate those Pan-Arab chads. Well, it's one of my life's missions now. All right. Uh, particularly surprising has been the finding that identical polypeptides uh, can fold into multiple distinct 
amyloid conformations, a subclass of amyloids in which protein aggregation is self-propagating and infectious is called prions. This structural diversity can lead to distinct heritable prion states or strains. It's not completely clear why, given its harmful effects, evolution has preserved amyloidogenic prion peptides, oh, sorry, proteins or peptides uh, in the cell. There is a hypothesis that the evolutionary conservation of amyloidogenic peptides is due to their beneficial properties something that we don't talk about, which has not been deeply investigated and sometimes remain unknown. The growing number of results demonstrating the deleterious effects of amyloidogenic peptides overshadow the data about their beneficial properties. Here we try to balance the evidence showing the useful effects of amyloidogenic proteins with the bulk of data reporting their disease-causative neurotoxicity. It is important to detect the mechanism of conversion of beneficial amyloidogenic peptides into toxic substances before the disease symptoms become evident. Such detection would allow the beginning treatment at the earliest step of the disease when it may be the most efficient. Part 2. Pathogenic Properties of Amyloidogenic Peptides. Friends may come and go, but enemies accumulate, uh, one Thomas Jones. For many years, amyloidogenic peptides, which can be called amyloids, were the focus of attention of biochemists, biophysicists, physicists, and clinicians because of their role in many human diseases called amyloidoses. The accumulation of amyloidogenic peptides is associated with the deposition of misfolded proteins in tissues, causing organ damage. However, before accumulation, misfolding, and aggregation, monomeric amyloidogenic peptides are not toxic and may exert physiological functions. Several types of amyloidosis are known, including hereditary, sporadic, systemic, and organ-specific forms of the disease. More than 40 various globular soluble proteins may undergo misfolding and aggregation, leading to the formation of insoluble fibrils. Amyloid deposits are formed from globular soluble proteins which undergo misfolding and aggregation in response to overexpression, proteolytic digestion, mutations, etc., releasing amyloidogenic peptides. Some wild type proteins have an intrinsic propensity to misfold and aggregate. The polypeptide chains generally form beta sheet structures that aggregate into long fibers. However, identical polypeptides can fold into multiple distinct amyloid conformations. Misfolded protein aggregates can self-propagate based on seeding and spread the pathology between tissues and cells in a way analogous to the action of infectious prions in prion diseases. And this is why um, I'm, I think that they, um, we should be, have a more broader definition of what prion disease is because even in the severe forms of Prion disease, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob. What do we find? Well, we find um, amyloid beta um, inclusions filling up the brain. So, uh, that point aside, um, a majority of amyloidogenic proteins are intrinsically disordered. Amyloidogenic peptides can be totally unstructured or contain structured domains and long stretches of inherently disordered regions. These regions are primarily made of polar or charged amino acids, lacking sufficient quantity of hydrophobic residues that mediate cooperative folding. Conformations adopted are affected mainly by amino acid sequence, amino acid motifs, and charge distribution. Amyloidogenic proteins undergo misfolding, altering their native states to form beta sheet-rich structures, ranging from small oligomers to large fibrillar aggregates associated with diseases. 
Intrinsically disordered proteins are highly prevalent in many proteomes, including that of humans. They play an important role in cellular processes such as the regulation of transcription and translation, cell cycle control and cell signaling. Changes in the cellular milieu and or mutations in ID virus. Regular intrinsically disordered proteins, IDPs, can disrupt normal protein functions, resulting in misfolding and aggregation fibril fibrillation. Additional information about the pathological properties of amyloidogenic peptides can be found in excellent reviews for five and six. I wonder if that might be a bit self-reference there. I'd need to check that. The pathogenic properties of host amyloidogenic peptides may be strengthened after interaction with viral proteins. For example, beta amyloid, amyloid beta 1 to 42, bind to various viral proteins, e.g. with the spike protein S1 subunit of SARS-CoV-2 and the viral receptor angiotensin-converting enzyme ACE2. Importantly, amyloid beta 1 to 42 reinforces the binding of the S1 of SARS-CoV-2 to ACE2 and enhances the viral entry and production of interleukin-6 in a SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus infection model. These findings emphasize the critical role of amyloid beta 1 to 42 in increasing SARS-CoV-2 intrusion and suggest mechanisms by which amyloid beta 1 to 42 enhances SARS-CoV-2 infection or inflammation, or I would add on to there, incapacitation. Because remember, it's about getting into your central nervous system and kicking off these pathways. That's where it really has the impact. Uh, let's see, so some diagram there about uh, SARS, we know plenty about that, we'll move on. Another member of amyloidogenic peptides, alpha-synuclein, also directly interacts with SARS-CoV-2 proteins, i.e. the spike and the nucleocapsid proteins. Recent data show that the expression of alpha-synuclein is upregulated up and its aggregation is enhanced by viral S and M proteins. Importantly, SARS-CoV-2 proteins cause Lewy-like pathology in cells overexpressing alpha-synuclein. More data about amyloidogenic properties of ARS COVID proteins are presented in Section 5, Amyloidogenic ARS COVID proteins. Okay. Physiological roles of amyloidogenic peptides. You never really know your friends from your enemies until the ice breaks. Eskimo proverb. The implication of amyloids as pathogens in many illnesses has been confirmed by an overwhelming amount of proof that has overshadowed the data about their physiological role, which is vital for the living cell. The concept of amyloids as vicious pathogens, that's how I view them, uh, responsible for dozens of fatal human diseases was so dominating that it slowed down studies of so-called functional amyloids and their roles in various activities. However, the accumulating data about the involvement of amyloids in normal physiological function compelled us to combine the efforts of multidisciplinary scientists and develop a branch of science called amyloid omics. In many later studies, amyloids have been proven to serve various biological functions beyond the development of pathological processes. Since the beginning of the 21st century, researchers have reported much evidence that amyloids perform specific functional roles. In many cases, monomeric amyloidogenic peptides are not toxic and involved in various important physiological functions, but once they aggregate into amyloid fibrils, they become toxic to cells and tissues. The functional amyloids have been detected in both prokaryotes and eukaryotes. For instance, in E. coli, amyloids contribute to the formation of biofilms. Amyloids have... I want to say there's a ACS study, right? Where they make a biofilm 
with uh, spike protein. Oh, I'd have to dig that study out, but interesting they bring that up. But amyloids have been found to be functional in many aspects as structural components in bacteria and viruses, as biochemical regulators functioning as hemostatic agents in human beings and as scaffolds or molecular chaperones. They also play a role in sexual reproduction. Yeah. Learn something new every day, huh? Amyloids are involved in melanin formation in the melanosomes of human skin cells. Interesting. Maybe maybe there's a link there with vitamin D. Why vitamin D is so important. A detailed complicated mechanism of the transformation of the physiologic properties into toxic amyloid is described for the pre-melanosome transmembrane glycoprotein, PMEL. This mechanism also includes proteolytic digestion, but the initial step of such transition is the free amino acid insertion in the PML transmembrane domain. The insertion, called the dominant white mutation, causes the formation of the abnormal compact fibrillar structures of the PML protein. It leads to abnormal oligomerization of the transmembrane domain, resulting in the formation of increased numbers of toxic oligomers or the creation of anomalous fibril polymorphs that are toxic to the cells. In the final stage, this transition is mediated by several proteases. Physiological role of various amyloidogenic peptides was discovered in all taxonomic groups. They possess trophic neuroprotective properties antioxidant and antimicrobial activity and other physiologically important properties. For example, transmembrane and amyloid beta precursor protein, the precursor of the beta amyloid peptide, is required for normal synaptic function. Dendritic spines remodeling, synaptic homeostasis and molecular pathways of neurotransmission. Which is why I'm, um, I'm leery of these amyloid busting um, approaches. Um, it's long been known. I say it all the time that um, you can you can you can disaggregate them and make them go away, but the disease still carries on. And you know what would what would be the impact on normal physiological function of these amyloids? Because if if they weren't useful, you would make the presumption, as they did, that they would have been uh, evolved out of the, or, or competed out of the proteome. But um, as we can see here, they're involved in very, very fundamental processes. And, you know, dendritic spine remodeling is literally your brain adapting to reality on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Increasing amount of data has indicated that APP and its cleavage products play vital roles in regulating intracellular processes. Full-length APP directly regulates metabolism in the CNS and peripheral tissue and can modulate mitochondrial functions. It can be cleaved by proteases in different ways to produce a variety of short peptides, some of which, for example, beta amyloid, possess toxic properties. Amyloid beta peptides are produced from precursor protein after digestion by the beta site APP cleaving enzyme BACE1 and subsequent digestion by gamma secretase. See, that, that's another one uh, therapeutic target they would always aim for. Stop gamma secretase. And that never worked. <laughs> Not as far as that. All the time that I was attending lectures, there would be, uh, look, look what we did with the mouse.
we killed it and it never never um never made its way into the clinic but it is what it is all right so let's move on um let's see group dodger says that is interesting with respect to melanin i saw something a couple of years ago about people skin darkening and when trump had covid the joke was he would come out of hospital black <laughs> oh dear um don't forget to like and share the stream yes please um i have trippy docs from about 15 years ago back on stuff and fibers shooting out of people fingers etc um yeah you know i've heard about morgellons etc and um i don't know what to make of it um Problem is, it, it it attracts um sort of freakish element. The uh, so where were we? Uh, so gamma secretase. They regulate synaptic function and, in addition, possess protective properties against injury and infection, and participate in repairing leaks in the blood-brain barrier. Importantly, amyloid beta peptide synthesis rapidly rises in response to physiological stress and usually reduces upon recovery. Under physiological conditions, amyloid beta production is reportedly associated with neuronal activity. And just that study is. All right, uh, neuronal activity and regulated by the sleep-wake cycle, which I've got to get into soon, already 20 to 2. Deficiency in endogenous amyloid beta causes synaptic dysfunction and cognitive defects, whereas a mild increase enhances long-term potentiation and leads to neuronal hyperexcitability. An essential physiological role of amyloids is their participation in regulating RNA processing and degradation and controlling gene expression on the transcriptional and translational levels. Now, one of the papers that I'm looking to get into, I want to thank Laura, um, who's doing Yeoman's work, just keeping the prion folder up, up to date with just interesting reads. And I want to um, get to this paper. 2019 paper RNA modulates aggregation of the recombinant mammalian prion protein by direct interaction. I've said before about um, RNA could be a prion, and uh, I think this would be a good direction in which to head as we as we learn more. We learn together as uh, we try to understand the um, the weapons they've unleashed against us. Uh, where were we? Where were we? Um, deficiency in endogenous amyloid beta causes synaptic dysfunction and cognitive defects, whereas a mild increase enhances long-term potentiation and leads to neuronal hyperexcitability. An essential physical role, or physiological role of amyloids is their participation in regulating RNA processing, degradation, did all this bit, didn't I? <laughs> uh, transcription, translational levels. For example, the functional amyloid HNRNPDL protein forms stable amyloid fibrils and at the same time combined RNA by RNA binding domains located as a solenoidal amyloid coat around the core. Now, that's some, that's some biochemistry to wrap your head around. Um, 
I don't think I can, well, it's a solenoid. Um, it's a electrically active shaft, right, that will turn, like to start a motor on your car and trying to, a solenoidal amyloidal, solenoidal amyloid coat around the core. So I'm guessing it just moves solenoid-like in the presence of RNA, maybe. I don't know. This nuclear RNA binding protein, HNRNPDL, is involved in transcription and RNA processing and forms ordered amyloid fibrils under physiological-like conditions. Adding to the experimental data points for the protective function of amyloid beta, it may play a role in the protective response to age-related metabolic pressures in the cell, cytoprotective pathways, and intracellular signaling. The conversion of physiologically important amyloidogenic peptides to toxic proteins and peptides depends on the influence of various circumstances. One of the factors causing the formation of misfolded proteins and amyloidogenic inclusions leading to pathology is the overexpression and accumulation of amyloidogenic peptides. Usually such conversion begins when previously healthy proteins start to accumulate over a certain level, lose their normal structure and physiological functions. Misfolding proteolytic digestion, post-translational modifications, and form fibrous deposits within and around cells. Such protein misfolding and deposition processes may disrupt the healthy function of tissues and organs. One of the triggers initiating this conversion may be the overexpression of the amyloid precursor protein and its accumulation over a certain limit. Another reason may be the proteolytic digestion of a precursor protein, as happens with APP, causing its conversion into amyloid beta. It's vital to understand how and why amyloidogenic peptides possessing some important physiological activity and beneficial properties are converted to harmful substances associated with human diseases. Such understanding will allow us to find treatments for these fatal diseases in addition to the physiological properties mentioned here. We will discuss the antiviral and antimicrobial properties of amyloidogenic peptides in the section below. Uh, so, uh, antimicrobial and antiviral properties. Numerous results point to the ability of alpha-synuclein, beta-amyloid and other amyloidogenic peptides to acquire toxic properties. These findings have been so convincing that data about their antibacterial and antiviral activity has remained in the shadow for a long time. Meanwhile, such data were accumulating and becoming more and more compelling. The antibacterial antimicrobial and antiviral activity of amyloidogenic peptides are described in many comprehensive publications. So here we will briefly mention only several examples illustrating the antimicrobial and antiviral properties of amyloid beta and alpha-synuclein. Amyloid beta peptide, various, various experimental results support the antimicrobial properties of amyloid beta peptide and alpha-synuclein in vivo. For example, amyloid beta exerts antimicrobial activity against eight common and clinically relevant microorganisms. The authors compared the antimicrobial activity of amyloid beta and calthalicidin, LL37, never heard of it, a multitasking antimicrobial peptide and found that the potency is equivalent. In some cases, amyloid beta had even greater antimicrobial potency than LL37. These results demonstrating powerful AB uh, amyloid beta antimicrobial activity suggest they may, formally, may normally function in the innate immune system. 
Due to their protective properties, amyloid beta and its derivatives are considered important and potent natural antimicrobial peptides. They are often called clinical antibiotics, which can potentially be developed into clinically useful agents. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm be a little uh, leery of that. Yeah, Lloyd Bayer protects against microbial infection in mouse and worm models. Mm. Kumar Hatal demonstrated that amyloid beta protects against microbial infection in 5XFAD mouse and transgenic nematode C. elegans models of Alzheimer's disease. They found that a higher amyloid beta expression correlated with better host survival, whereas low expression was associated with higher mice mortality. In another study examining amyloid beta protective activity, Imer and co-authors using an AD mouse model and neuronal cell cultures found that amyloid beta peptide protects against herpes viridae. Now that's interesting because, like I say, in my field was just dominated by herpes as being the one of the primary focuses of or, or the cause of amyloidogenic buildup or alpha synuclein. Preanergic type buildup of these peptides. Now, is is that buildup just a response to continuous viral propagation, replication in the nervous system, and it's just the body's attempt to try and control these these pathogens? And again, you get into this thorny issue of, well, if that's the guard at the door and you go in and you blast the guard away, then you're just, you're just giving a free path to the pathogen to um, do, do what it does. Uh, where was I? Herpes, right? Herpes, herpes. All right, so Redhead et al. constructed multi-scale networks of late-onset Alzheimer's disease-associated virome from human postmortem tissue. This study revealed pathogenic regulation of neuropathological, molecular, and clinical networks by common viruses, including herpes virus 6A and 7. Another important observation was finding regulatory connections linking viral abundance and modulators of APP processing, e.g. the induction of APBBB2, BACE1, PSEN1 by HHV6A. Investigation of the herpes simplex virus role in Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis revealed striking co-localization of viral DNA and amyloid plaques, suggesting that it might be entombing the virus, thereby preventing viral replication. And again, I've mentioned this before. Um, it's nice to have this sort of laid out in a formal fashion in a review like this. Rather than just, uh, <laughs> trust me, governor, I, I, I got this one covered. Uh, alpha synuclein. Parkatel showed that alpha synuclein possessed activity against several species of bacteria, including E. coli and Staphylococcus aureus. The authors isolated the human alpha synuclein gene from the cDNA library, expressed the recombinant protein in E. coli, purified it on agarose affinity gel, and assayed, it, assayed its antibacterial and antifungal activity. 
Although the characteristics of alpha-synuclein used in these assays were not described, most probably the recombinant protein was not aggregated. The authors also proved alpha-synuclein... Wow, you know, shouldn't you, shouldn't you be checking that uh, before making big sweeping claims about the, uh, the health benefits of your amyloids? Although the characteristics... Uh, oh, I did that. Uh, the authors also proved alpha-synuclein antifungal activity against Aspergillus flavus, Aspergillus fumigatus, and Rhizoctonia solani. The authors assumed that amyloid beta and alpha-synuclein antimicrobial activity might be explained by the similarity of their general properties, e.g. membrane binding affinity, the ability to induce an innate immune response. Convincing data pointing to the antibacterial effects of alpha-synuclein have been gathered using alpha-synuclein knockout mice. Alpha-syn-KO mice had substantially fewer immune cells migrating into peritoneal cavity after immune challenge, Furthermore, it was impossible to induce peritonitis in alpha-syn-KO mice. Interestingly, adult mice with knockout of all three synuclein genes, alpha, beta and gamma, display no overt phenotype, normal development and usual neurological and behavioural characteristics. However, they exhibit deficient host defence against infective agents. These findings confirm synuclein's role in protection, protecting against infectious diseases and their role in the mammalian immune system. In another study, alpha-syn-KMI succumb to viral encephalitis more easily than their wild-type littermates used as control. In a bacterial sepsis model, alpha-syn-KMI were less capable of controlling infection after the intravenous injection of Salmonella typhimerium. These findings add new evidence about the role of endogenous alpha-synuclein in innate immune defense. The results of another study show higher mortality in the alpha-syn-KO mice to two types of neurotropic RNA viruses, the West Nile virus and the Venezuelan equine encephalitis virus. The results of this study demonstrate that native alpha-synuclein expression in neurons inhibits viral growth. Antiviral properties Amyloid beta peptides, in addition to antibacterial properties, amyloid beta peptides also possess antiviral activity against several types of viruses. The molecular mechanisms of... I feel like we've read this already. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they already cover viruses? Yeah. Uh, the molecular mechanisms of amyloid beta antiviral activity towards herpes, simplex virus, uh, HSV1, is mediated by interaction with amyloid beta with HSV1 protein, DB. This interaction causes the impairment of HSV1 infectivity by preventing the virus from fusing with the plasma membrane. Antiviral activity of alpha-synuclein. The interaction of alpha-synuclein with SARS-CoV-2 is rather complex. On the one hand, alpha-synuclein overexpression restricts SARS-CoV-2 neuroinvasion and reduces the degeneration of dopaminergic neurons. On the other hand, SARS-CoV-2 virus speeds up alpha-synuclein aggregation. This looks an interesting study. Um, yes, we have done this one, but uh, I remember correctly. More like a review. Possible link. Yeah, it was more like a review, so... Eh. I remember doing this paper a long time ago. 
2023? No, January. Um, I do remember doing this one though. Maybe it was in preprint. All right. So the antimicrobial and antiviral activity of alpha synuclein may be explained by its immune regulatory function and ability to regulate the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines and facilitate immune responses against different infections. Alpha synuclein is able to restrict viral replication and prevent virus-induced neuronal damage in experimental mice. This effect presumably occurs due to the alteration of the membrane transport from the ER to the Golgi body. So. Feeble, feeble statement there, but um, could have explained that a bit more. There are several pathways involved in the mechanism of alpha-synuclein antiviral activity. When alpha-synuclein localizes to ER, oh, here we go, ER-derived membranes, it modulates virus-induced ER stress signaling and inhibits viral replication, growth, and injury in the CNS. The reduced expression of alpha-synuclein decreases the phagocytic activity of microglia and response to the pathogenic agents. These properties ensure alpha-synuclein's neuroprotective effect. Overexpression of alpha-synuclein in PD patients may limit SARS-CoV-2 neuroinvasion and the degeneration of dopaminergic neurons. Recently, it has been reported that alpha-synuclein can stabilize the RG1 gene of SARS-CoV-2 involved in the synthesis of nucleocapsid protein, which affects the cellular process during replication. Monogatau further investigated molecular mechanisms underlying antiviral alpha-synuclein activity, including its effect on induced immune responses to viral infections in the brain. The researchers challenged alpha-syn-KO mice and human alpha-syn-KO dopaminergic neurons with RNA virus infections. They found that alpha-synuclein was needed for the expression of interferon-stimulated genes in neurons. Importantly, after the treatment with type 1 interferon, human alpha-syn-KO neurons lost the ability to induce a wide range of interferon-stimulated genes. These results suggest that alpha-synuclein cooperates with type 1 interferon signaling. Furthermore, after interferon treatment, alpha-synuclein accumulates in the nucleus of human neurons and modulates interferon-mediated phosphorylation, STAT2. Activated STAT2 co-localizes with alpha-synuclein after type 1 interferon stimulation. These findings demonstrate that alpha-synuclein expression endorses interferon responses by localizing to the nucleus, mediating STAT2 activation, co-localizing with phosphorylated STAT2 in neurons, and maintaining expression of interferon-stimulated genes. These data provide a novel mechanism that links interferon activation and alpha-synuclein function in neurons. Um, yeah, that's all uh, very well, but um, I would be very, very leery right now just because of the the amount of work that just shows that there is a toxic element right now and it seems to me that that could be very very sensitive and particularly when you're dealing with nuclear processes and something like gene transfecting in amyloidogenic peptides that we now have nuclear localization signals that makes me uh, very very nervous um, I'm 
I'm uh, I'm still I'm not biting down real hard on this. Uh, I, we could spend weeks going through the um, the papers. We're up to seventy one references so far. Uh, so amyloidogenic ARS COVID proteins. Um, so the accumulating data demonstrates that some of the symptoms of amyloidogenic peptides-related diseases resemble COVID-19 signs. SARS-CoV-2 infection has been associated with severe neurological symptoms. Furthermore, the analysis of viral proteins in infected cells has revealed that some of them possess amyloidogenic properties. We know about nucleocapsid, spike protein, S-protein or homotrimeric surface spike protein and the envelope protein. Importantly, these viral proteins, in addition to being amyloidogenic themselves, may enhance the amyloidogenesis of host proteins. Thus, after viral infection and interaction between endogenous and viral proteins in the host cells synergistically increase their amyloidogenic potential. Now, I would argue the same would happen with gene transfection as well. The amyloidogenic properties of COVID-19 proteins, i.e. S9 and E, have been confirmed by biochemical and biophysical examination. Noteworthy is that two of them, N and S proteins, are the most abundant in COVID-19 infected human cells. These viral proteins, together with host proteins, are responsible for various syndromes following COVID-19 infection, including Parkinsonism in young COVID patients, acute respiratory distress syndrome, and cardiovascular disorder issues. Amyloidogenic SARS-CoV-2 proteins can also be responsible for some of the neurodegenerative complications following infection. Some resemblance between COVID-19 and amyloidosis symptoms point to possible similarities in their pathogenic mechanisms. Several outcomes of COVID-19 infection are remarkably similar to the symptoms of systemic amyloidosis. Uh, this type of amyloidosis is characterized by the abnormal aggregation of the serum amyloid A protein, there is an interesting hypothesis according to which amyloidosis is a factor causing systemic pathologies after a severe form of coronavirus disease. The course of the pathology is aggravated and it spreads quickly because SAA overproduction triggers the formation of amyloid aggregates that are deposited on the walls of blood vessels in various organs and tissues, causing inflammation of the affected tissues and vascular thromboses. Several amyloidogenic proteins are found in the proteome of SARS-CoV-2, including fragments of two structural proteins, i.e. the C-terminal end and transmembrane domain of the envelope protein and the membrane protein. Amyloidogenic proteins NSP4, NSP6 were found among non-structural viral proteins. Analysis of the open reading frames of SARS-CoV-2 proteome for amyloidogenic sequences using computational methods identified two prone-to-aggregate amino acid sequences, ORF6 and ORF10, in addition to known viral proteins. Uh, spike peptide S191, that's a really famous one, from SARS-CoV-2 S-protein with amino acid sequence, I'm not reading that out, also possesses high amyloidogenic properties. The S191 peptide is released from the S-protein by endoproteolysis catalyzed by neutrophil esterase and other immune responsive proteases. This digestion occurs soon after the infection. Importantly, M-protein enhances protein aggregation causing the production of stable fibrillar morphology. This upsets the endogenous alpha-synuclein proteostasis, impedes normal protein balance, and may cause Parkinsonism. An important supplement to our understanding of how SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins 
might contribute to the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease is the results of a study demonstrating the interaction of the SARS-CoV-2 nuclear capsid M protein and alpha-synuclein accelerates amyloid formation. Moreover, the N protein stimulates the generation of multiprotein complexes and ultimately promotes the formation of amyloid fibrils. Experiments with microinjection of the N protein in SH or SUSI cells cell, showed that the N protein damaged the alpha-synuclein proteostasis and enhanced cell death. These results suggest the existence of direct interactions and cross-seeding between the N protein of SARS-CoV-2 and alpha-synuclein, which serves as the molecular basis for the association between SARS-CoV-2 infections and Parkinson's disease. Currently, various models have been proposed and further studies are needed clarify the exact mechanism of cross-seeding. SARS-CoV-2 proteins interact with the negatively charged C-terminal region of alpha-synuclein, which speeds up the misfolding and fibrosis of alpha-synuclein. According to theoretical bioinformatic prediction, the S-protein contains several amyloidogenic amino acid sequences. Isolated peptides corresponding to these sequences are able to aggregate and form amyloid fibrils confirmed by three independent criteria. Nucleation-dependent polymerization kinetics by fire flavin. Uh, we already described what that is. Uh, two, amyloid detection with Congo red staining and ultrastructural fibrillar morphology characteristics. The 20 amino acid long amyloidogenic peptides are located at positions 192 to 211, 601 to 620, and 1166 to 1185 of the S protein. The S protein produces amyloid like fibrils after in vitro incubation with the protease neutrophil elastase, including very amyloidogenic spike peptide located between amino acids 194 and 203. After infection by SARS CoV 2, similar peptides may be produced by the endoproteolytic digestion of S protein in vivo. Protease neutrophil elastase efficiently cleaves S-protein, rendering exposure of the amyloidogenic segments and accumulation of the amyloidogenic peptide part of the most amyloidogenic synthetic spike peptide. Oof, this is long. Howard, <laughs> nearly at the end. Just uh, see if anyone sent a dono for the doc working hard. Let's see. So you're, uh, oh, the, uh, you know what you are. Yeah, you know what you are. <laughs> uh, where were we? Where were we? A significant number of patients infected by SARS-CoV-2 have neurological symptoms involving dizziness, difficulty concentrating, loss of taste and smell, seizures, reduced alertness. SARS-CoV-2 infection also affects the brain's dopaminergic system, presumably through systemic inflammatory responses, and is associated with alterations in the gut microbiome. Thus, some of the neurological symptoms found in COVID-19 patients are similarly frequent in patients with Parkinson's disease and other neurodegenerative disorders. Furthermore, various biochemical pathways, such as oxidative stress, protein aggregation and inflammation, display resemblance between COVID-19 and Parkinson's disease. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine my shock, folks. Therefore, a detailed comparison of symptoms in patients with Parkinson's disease and individuals after SARS-CoV-2 reveals many parallels and intersections between these two disorders. The association between SARS-CoV-2 and synucleopathies might be realized via the effect of viruses on alpha-synuclein, expression of which is upregulated after viral infection. 
Both the S and M proteins of SARS-CoV-2 increase alpha-synuclein expression, causing Lewy-like pathology. Moreover, the S1 protein of SARS-CoV-2 binds several aggregation-prone proteins, including amyloid beta and alpha-synuclein. Amyloid formation of alpha-synuclein is accelerated by the SARS-CoV-2 M protein. Wirtel found that alpha-synuclein had a higher binding affinity than SARS-CoV-2 S protein and N protein. The S1 protein of SARS-CoV-2 combines several aggregation-prone proteins, including amyloid beta and alpha-synuclein. Alpha-synuclein has a higher binding affinity to SARS-CoV-2 S1 protein. Amyloid formation of alpha-synuclein is accelerated by the cell. That's kind of repetitive. We'll skip a bit. Two probable mechanisms explaining how the virus can catalyze aggregation of the aggregation-prone brain proteins have been described. According to the first mechanism, seeding protein aggregation on intact viral particles is carried out by spike proteins. The second mechanism proposes that a peptide derived from the spike protein acts as a functional amyloid to cross-seed aggregation of brain proteins. In both of these scenarios, SARS-CoV-2 serves as a seed to accelerate the aggregation of brain proteins. The authors conclude that targeting the interaction of viral particles with brain proteins might be an appropriate way to lower the cross-seeding and aggregation events. I'm read that again. The authors conclude that targeting the interaction of viral particles with the brain proteins might be an appropriate way to lower the, these cross-seeding aggregation events. Yeah, how are you doing that? Be my question. An interesting hypothesis is that SARS-CoV-2 proteins are carried out as exosomal cargo together with host proteins, promoting neurodegenerative and neuroinflammatory cascades leading to the development of synucleonopathies. And again, this plays into, I think, that the long-haul estate is a consequence of that process. These peptides getting into the brain, the brain reacting, and that's why you feel foggy and uh, all your joints ache, etc. Conclusions. Protein folding provides the basis for life on our planet ensuring the fulfillment of the major biological functions encoded by unique amino acid sequences. Protein misfolding is a source of many diseases, sometimes called conformational diseases. Human protein aggregation and its association with, with disease have been under investigation for de decades and is relatively well studied. The accumulated data have revealed the fundamental aspects of amyloid fibril formation and its links to human disease. These findings may help to develop therapeutic strategies to combat this group of diseases. However, the mechanisms causing previously healthy proteins to lose their normal structure and form fibrous deposits within and around cells require further investigation. It still needs to be completely understood why individual mechanisms exist for the transition of different proteins and peptides. Currently, the data about viral protein aggregation is more limited. The recent COVID-19 pandemic caused by SARS-CoV-2 virus attracted attention to the mechanisms underlying viral infection, including the study of viral protein, amyloidosis, and their interaction with host proteins. New findings point to a delicate communication between the viral and host proteomes after infection, including cross-seeding of host proteins by viral proteins. Recent data demonstrating a direct communication between human alpha-synuclein and the M protein of SARS-CoV-2 availed the molecular basis for the relations between virus infections and Parkinsonism. Other effects of viral proteins on human cells 
been recently discovered. For example, findings that aggregation of viral proteins may assist the virus in seizing the replication machinery of a host cell and using it for its own purpose, further damaging the host cells. Moreover, viral infection initiates the misfolding and aggregation of host, pro host proteins by cross-seeding, increasing the damage to the host cell. These results agree with the existence of connections between neurodegenerative disease and viral infection, although some mysterious associations still remain unsolved. Further research will reveal these mysteries because, as Dan Brown wrote in The Da Vinci Code, life is filled with secrets. You can't learn them all at once. And, um, yes, uh, very, very, very interesting um, paper. Um, I think we're very, very far from being able to um, effectively target these interactions and yeah well you know this compared to 20 years ago this is it's it's quite a significant um we've come a long way i, I will say that much and um it's it's nice to always see um a different you know the you read you read scientific papers all the time they get a bit samey right and uh it's like eating rice every day and so eh, i enjoyed reading that that was um it was a fun paper to go through and i hope it was um interesting for you guys we'll get back more into the pathology because i want to cover of course um this one uh, markers of limbic system damage following SARS-CoV-2. All right, so I'm going to call it quits. Uh, it's gone two o'clock in the morning. Uh, let's see. Uh, solenoid protein domains are a highly modular type of protein domain. They consist of a chain of nearly identical folds, often simply called tandem repeats. Oh, thank you, 464. Uh, let's see. Skin hyperpigmentation in coronavirus disease. Is polymyxin B the culprit or amyloidogenics? Hmm, interesting. Have a look at this. Um, who remembers that? Like one of the first Chinese doctors that <laughs> he'd completely changed color after it, he, he came round. Um, there was a doctor that just you know, before and after looked uh, looked terrible. All right, so do outs and Parkinson's suffer have darkened skin or more liver spots type of things? Good question. And um, one of these anecdotes I was told was that uh, black people tend to have less Parkinson's disease. Now. I don't know how true that really is, um, but it was, I don't know, just one of those sort of um, hallway talking points that you would uh, you would have. And I never really sort of delved into it. Um, epidemiology wasn't really my thing. I have seen many a black person with Parkinson's, um, how it pans out at a population level. Um, I don't know, but like I say, the, the the discussion was that they tended to be somewhat more resistant and maybe maybe because they just had um, more melanin. And so 
if you look at the uh, Substantia Nigra Pars compactor, it's actually dark. Um, it's the only dark tissue in the brain. It's because of um, melanin being there. So um, I think that's about it. I'll just uh, spin the wheel one more time to see if, uh, just to confirm that you are all seeing you. Yes, uh, you are. Um, oh, no. No, there's one. Breaks. Yes. Thank you, Breaks. Thank you. What can I uh, What can I unleash for you? What haven't we had for uh, a long time? Yeah, I don't know. What does... Uh, what does number two do nowadays? Oh. <laughs> I keep meaning to edit this one. Right, yeah, we're called Jihad Science Show for a reason, folks. <laughs> I'm out of here. Take care. And uh, I will see you uh, in the next one. Uh, I think uh, with Commander Rixie, but uh, we've got a bunch of travel tomorrow. Um, so uh, wish us safe travel. Good night. God bless. Oh, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these cappers. No fucking vaccine or ever. Whatever throws through my fucking blood, blood, never! No. I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All them five? Right, this guy. Let up! 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 Let up!